0: Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and we have not one but two guests today. They are former chief official White House photographer for Barack Obama, Pete Sousa, and filmmaker Don Porter. They're here to discuss Don's new documentary, The Way I See It, that looks at former Presidents Obama and Ronald Reagan through Pete's eyes, who photographed them both. We discuss why empathy is important for a leader to have, the significance of professional athletes protesting the shooting of Jacob Blake, and what's it like having President Obama officiate your wedding. We also discuss Don's other film, John Lewis, Good Trouble, as well as reflect on his passing. Okay. So Don and Pete, I am so excited to talk with both of you. Um, and before we get into the way I see it, I just want to acknowledge that we're recording this interview, the week of the Republican National Convention. There's been two hurricanes, a pandemic, horrible wildfires in California. Millions of people are out of jobs, and there was a police sh- the police shooting of Jacob Blake. I'm curious, what do each of you make of all this that's going on right now?
1: with all of the challenges we're facing in the world that I am uh, grateful for the opportunity to participate in government and, and in public discourse. Um, I'm very emotional about what so many other people are experiencing. All of these uh, crises that you Matt, that you just mentioned require a national coordinated response. I am so disheartened that we're in a period where we cannot trust our government to do what's in the best interest of the people. Um, so even a localized issue like the shooting of of Mr. Blake, we are seeing police violence across the nation. We need to have, you know a national conversation about our police. So people may say, why are you talking about movies in when we're experiencing things like this? And I think, the goal is for art to reflect the conversations that we need to be having.
2: I'll be blunter than that. And <laughs> par- paraphrase something that former Senator Claire McCaskill said last night, which was, what's going on? All these things that you just mentioned would be a challenge for a competent president. And what do we have? We have an incompetent president, and a, he does not know how to respond to any of the things that you mentioned
0: well i feel like that is that ties directly right into the way i see it's kind of the i would say the origin story of of you uh after being a white house photographer for obama let's let's talk about the film so um i saw it a couple weeks ago and honestly i just like i said to friends like this is just like watching a lesson on empathy and dignity and i'm wondering don if you could just kind of set it up tell us what it's about
1: sure um the Way I See It is a feature documentary um, following the work of White House photographer, Chief White House photographer Pete Sousa, who was the Chief White House photographer for President Obama for two terms, but also uh, for spent time with then-Senator Obama um, before he was elected to national office. Uh, Pete also was one of the White House photographers, but not the chief, for President Ronald Reagan. So, you know, the title really does give you insight into what we're trying to do. It's Pete's particular, unique, exclusive, first-person eyewitness account of what happens at the highest level of government in in this country. His photos are not just remarkable because of their composition and the emotion that he's able to capture, but for what it tells us about our country and our system of government. And I think what emerges is, regardless of political party, the commonality the office of the presidency demands is a person who is empathetic, compassionate, intelligent, hardworking, and and skilled. And I think when you list off that those list of qualities. The last person in the world you think of is the current occupant of the White House.
0: And, and Don, while you're, while you're talking about this, where did the idea to do a film centered around Pete come from?
1: I wish I could say it was mine, but my head's always down in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, Jamie Lemons, who is one of the producers, she works very closely with Laura Dern, uh, the actor. Jamie paired up with Evan Hayes, who produced the film Free Solo. I think it's not um, an overstatement to say they were obsessed with Pete's (laughs) posts and with his career. Um, actually, what happened is we were at an awards show. Uh, the series I did for Bobby Kennedy was nominated for an award. And and Evan, the producer, I who I didn't know at the time, starts walking towards me with this like huge grin on his face. And I'm thinking, do I know this? I don't know this guy. Like, Is he crazy? Um, and he's like, no, no, I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, sure, sure. Okay, crazy. Um, But, you know, they emailed me and and as soon as they said what it was, I was like, yeah, that's a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) So We just kind of started.
0: And Pete, what was your reaction when you learned that they wanted to make a film about you and your work?
2: The way it came to me was a friend of mine that manages a musician that I know contacted me and said, hey, do you mind if I give your contact info to... Jamie Lemon, she's partners with Laura Derns, and and they have a production company. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And so, you know, I get this, I get this email from Jamie Lemon saying that next time I'm in LA, they'd love to have lunch with me, blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't think too much about it. And then it just so happens that not long thereafter, I had, I was giving one of my presentations in LA. And, you know, by then Evan Hayes was part of this. And So I invited them to my presentation. And I think that was kind of the start of it for me. I felt that I didn't want to give up whatever anonymity I had had left. But but at the same time, I think it's an important story to tell. You know, I think so highly of the work that Laura Dern has done and knowing that Evan had just made this or just produced this amazing documentary film. Um, I think I said something to him. I am not climbing a mountain, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: but in a way, you've metaphorically climbed a mountain just by the position you've had. And early in the film, we see this choice you you make when the president, our current president, is tweeting out something. You will just post a photo uh, that kind of shows that maybe what he's saying is not accurate or, or showing something that's more dignified and it's usually a picture of Obama. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little more, a bit
2: about that. Well, I mean, it's like, how could I not speak out? I, <laughs> I felt that, uh, you know, I had a unique voice having worked for, you know, not only a Republican and Democrat president, but I had worked for, you know, what's arguably the most iconic Republican president, the most uh-huh. iconic Democratic president of, of certainly of my generation. And so I think I could come at this with nonpartisan view that this wasn't because Donald Trump's a Republican. That had nothing to do with it. It had that he was not fit for office, you know, just the way he has demonstrated to us in a very profound way. And I think that my for three years, I was warning about this. uh, And I think we saw what it what it means to have someone who's ill prepared and is not empathetic, what it means when you're faced with a global pandemic and not trying to bluff your way through it, trying to not, you know, trying to do everything that makes you look good and not what's best for the country. So it wasn't really that difficult a decision for me to make to start speaking out, to be honest with you.
0: Obviously, you're job, especially as shown in there, you talk about being a historian, um, a journalist, but in a way, you're, you're documenting the presidency. And I'm curious, what was it like being you yourself
2: being a subject
0: of someone documenting you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's very uncomfortable. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, but, you know, to me, again, I, I felt that that I had I had to do this, that, you know, and my hope was that that people would watch this film and, and be inspired to know what it means for the office of the presidency and how how voting, you know, voting really does matter. That staying home uh, on Election Day is not an option.
0: And then, Don, I'm wondering, what was it like for you to document Pete, who he himself is documenting Obama?
1: <laughs> you know, because Pete is used to being behind the camera, you know, he... Has a very distinct understanding of the power of images. And so, you know, working to make sure he trusted what we were trying to do, that he felt comfortable, as comfortable as possible being on camera. I mean, we ask a lot of our documentary subjects. We want to know their families, we want to know their personal lives. I think sometimes people are taken aback at how much we ask of them. I think one thing we didn't have to discuss is, is, it is important to have access, you know, as much access as, as he was comfortable with. But I I was really, we had a, you know, a huge advantage in that we had all these wonderful images and that, you know, kind of started the process of discovery of, you know, when Pete talks about President Obama and how when he started the first day of photographing President Obama as president rather than a senator, that he was thinking, who is this man? Um, And that's kind of what I was thinking about with Pete is how did he come to be? What has influenced Pete before his tweets and before his his Instagram's, you know, superstar status, you know, other than that, there were the two books, but you wouldn't necessarily know what Pete thought about things. And so I was really interested in the, what made him step out in such a public way when he is a very, really a very private person.
0: Well, and we are basically witnessing Obama through Pete's eyes, and then it's juxtaposed against the backdrop of a Trump presidency. Uh, but how did you find the balance in presenting that point of view, but also your own point of view of on Pete?
1: When you're a documentary person, it's really important to document and to understand your subject well enough so that you can as accurately as possible present their story. So, it's my film but it's Pete's story. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I watched a lot of the news clips. You you try and look at little things like when does he get animated? You know, what gets him going? What makes him chatty? And, you know, one thing that was kind of surprising was was how much a student of history Pete really is. He has a terrific memory and really studies details so that just got me curious because he's always saying you know he wasn't much of a student and da da da, da, da. And, and i was like but you're so smart and you re- like retain everything so um i was just curious about him as a person you know what it t- took to do that job and and what it took to kind of morph into the person he is he is right now
0: And then, Pete, in the film, you say um, about uh, photographing a president, documenting the emotion, the tough decisions, the stressful times, the fun times. that It shows what Obama was like as a human being, that it shows how the job of president should be done. Do you think while you were photographing Obama that he ever realized how important those moments were that you were capturing?
2: That's a good question. I think in in some respects, uh, yes. I think he knew that. The, the photograph of, you know, Jacob Philadelphia touching his head, the, the, the importance of that image after, after, I mean, in the moment he wasn't aware, but once the, once he saw the picture, I think, I think he was aware of what, what that would mean to, you know, the African-American community. But it's also, you know, a product of him wanting his White House to, to look like America as much as possible. It's it's funny, you, you look at a lot of the Trump pictures and, you know, you see you see a meeting and it's like, you know, 12 white guys, old white guys in the room. And with President Obama, he had, you know, more women cabinet members than I think any previous president. In the second term, his top three national security advisors were all women. He had members of his staff, he had, you know, Hispanic members of his staff. So, I mean, I think... The images with those people, I think, also reflect are important in, re, in a reflection of his presidency.
0: And I'm curious, as you pulled the thread of releasing these images on Twitter and Instagram and drawing more political comparisons between Trump and Obama, did you ever hear anything from Obama about it all?
2: You know, I had pu- in 2017, at the end of 2017, I published a, a photography book on his, his eight years, and of course, I gave him a copy, and and he called me a couple of days later to tell me how much he enjoyed the book. But, but in terms of like, you know, my Instagram posts, I don't, you know, I don't think he really looks at Instagram to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I, think Which I, to do.
0: I would say, I think in a weird way, that might just kind of sum up one of the biggest differences between these two. Now, Pete, I'm going to think you're going to decline to answer this, but I'll, I'll ask Don this question out of all the photographs you, uh, you went through that Pete took, what are some of the ones that stuck out to you?
1: Um, there's so, so many. I, of course, I really love the picture of Jacob Philadelphia where Obama's bending and letting the five-year-old touch his head. I love the pictures of President Michelle Obama and their, their obvious love and affection and respect for one another. I love those images so much. There are some really fun ones. <laughs> like, There's one where Obama is like cradling a baby and he, the baby stops crying and Michelle is like, what? I think about a lot these days is there's a picture of President Obama and he's clearly wrestling with some really difficult decisions, kind of a close-up a profile. And I'm just like, that's the kind of leader I want. I want to know that he's obsessed with doing the right thing. I think about that picture a lot.
0: Are there photos that maybe even reflect what's going on currently that that stick out to you maybe more so now than they would have a couple weeks ago or a year ago?
2: Pretty much (laughs) every (laughs) one. I think one of the reasons why it's difficult for me to like pinpoint individual images is because I saw him in all these different compartments of his life, whether he was being the commander in chief or, you know, the chief economic policy guy or the, the dad or the husband or the, the, the fun-loving guy that l- likes to interact with little kids or the competitive Barack Obama. So, you know, I think taken together, you know, it's the body of work that I try to steer people towards and I'll let others decide what's their favorite or which one has the most impact. But in all honesty, it is like every. Every day that I post the photograph on Instagram, throwback photograph, it to me, it's like they're all (laughs) kind of related to what's going on today.
0: So uh, the name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And Pete and Don, I'm curious, what are you currently obsessed with?
1: I'm kind of obsessed with uh, what the athletes are doing. I just really am so hopeful about what they're what they're doing. Um, I'm wondering where it's gonna go. But also, you know, after making a film about John Lewis, it strikes me that it's often kind of young people who are charting a new path. So I feel like we don't always focus on how young some of these athletes are. Some of these kids are eighteen or nineteen years old. And so I saw, you know, Naomi Osaka refused to play tennis yesterday. So is she even 18 yet? So uh, I'm kind of obsessed with with that.
0: And then um, Pete, what about you? What are you currently so obsessed with?
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with vinyl records right now. I'm, you know, a big music fan and had been delaying purchasing a turntable, but had been collecting vinyl records for several years. And I figured I'd better better get a turntable so I can actually listen to these things.
0: Is there a particular record that like uh, you're you're like, this sounds
2: amazing on vinyl? Well, I have the complete Bruce Springsteen collection and the <laughs> complete Beatles collection. And but I'm also um, going back and, and purchasing the remastered versions of albums that I listened to when I was like 15 and 16 years old. <laughs> So in some ways I'm stuck in like 1974 and 75
0: listening to a good, That was a good music year too, though. <laughs>
2: There's a lot of good records that came out then. But I'm also, you know, I'm obsessed with this woman, Darnella Frazier. So she is the 17-year-old kid who had the presence of mind to f- film what happened to George Floyd. To think about, you know, being 17 years old, having the presence of mind, to, you know, to see something wrong, not knowing it's going to lead to death, but to seeing something wrong and to hold your ground for almost 10 minutes and film that is courage.
0: So, um, less than a month ago, John Lewis died. And I'm curious, what did he mean to each of you?
1: Working with John Lewis over, you know, we filmed with him for over a year. He just had an amazing sense of optimism and faith in people. And I'm trying really hard to hold on to that uh, now that he's gone. I think John Lewis for me is, is possibility, but he's also, you know, he's a, a portrait in, in strength and deliberateness of purpose.
2: You sort of lose the, um, use the term uh, hero. Um, you know, some people use it very liberally, but John Lewis was, was a hero. He more than anyone, you know, devoted his lifetime, you know, trying to make this a better world and, uh, you know, almost paid for that with his life. So when I think of John Lewis, I think of at the time that he was alive, he was like one of the few real living heroes in, in, in our country. And I think it's hard to dispute that in, in any way.
0: I watched your film, John Lewis, Good Trouble, last night, and just was just touched by his life, his morals, his, his drive to do what's right. And uh, so when I was watching with him, we were just like, do you think they make people like this anymore. And, uh, and we, we kind of wrestled with it. I, I don't know if they make them exactly like him, but I'm hopeful that there are people who are just as good as him and will, will fight that fight, especially when, he, when they f-
2: would put their life on the line. We had this incident in Kenosha, which is two hours from where I live. And we had a couple of nights of violence surrounding the shooting of Jacob Blake. And last night, just reading the story this morning, it was peaceful last night because two young organizers that were 19 years old got megaphones and told the crowd when curfew came, it's time to go home. So, you know, to have young leaders like that following the, you know, uh, what, what John Lewis stood for was impressive to me.
0: So I'm going to wrap up here. We do a thing called pick one. I give you a couple options and you pick one. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. And you're more than welcome to talk it out. So first one is Reagan-era Pete with a mustache or Obama-era Pete clean shaven?
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Obama-era Pete, but that was really hard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, for me, it'd be Reagan era Pete with the mustache because I had more hair then. I had the full <laughs> hairline.
1: Can I just say, when we found that footage, Jessica, the editor and I, watched it over and over. We were like, is that really Pete?
2: <laughs> I had a friend of mine that the producers sent a clip of the film to because they were trying to get her musician to contribute a, a song. And, <laughs> and And this is somebody that I know. And he he emailed me and he goes, man, you look just like Keith Hernandez during the the Reagan era.
0: <laughs> you know, Keith Hernandez, the
2: New York <laughs> Mets baseball player from the you know nineteen eighties. You totally, do. You totally,
0: do. <laughs> you totally do. Okay, next one, and this applies a little different for each of you. One is more photography based, one more video based, but analog film or digital.
1: I I kind of love analog film.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's 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 digital um, just because the as, as much as I liked working in a dark room when I was younger, you know, the thought of uh, interacting with those chemicals just does not appeal to me anymore.
0: <laughs> a follow up quick, Don, is um, how do you choose what format you're going to use for a film? Like, obviously, digital, there's a lot of benefits of that. Obviously, analog, uh, that's we think of like Christopher Nolan, you know, defending that.
1: You know my love of film is really stems back to my father was a photographer i grew up around a dark room and there's some you know kind of mystery like going to develop your film after you've been carrying it around for a little while it was like a present it's really not that practical but you know the images are there's something about those images and the texture to them that i really appreciate it's interesting too, because I also got a turntable during, <laughs> during this time. And, you know, my husband has a really pretty extensive vinyl collection that we dug out. And one of the things about vinyl that is a little bit similar to analog film is you listen to the whole side of record. You know, you can't fast forward really easily. <laughs> so you listen to the- the way that the musician intended the songs to be heard in sequence. And it's a, it's a different experience and a very satisfying and calming experience. Instead of leaping ahead to your favorite two songs, you listen to the whole thing. I've just found that really satisfying.
0: Here's my last pick, pick one. Obama the president or Obama the wedding officiator.
2: <laughs> I, I would go Obama the wedding officiator. Oh, because, you know, he gave a talk at my wedding that was five to 10 minutes, you know, totally, perfectly described the relationship I had with my wife, had uh, did it from memory. Um, (laughs) I I later found that he he actually wrote it out, but then he memorized it. And it's like when you're when you're in that moment. When you're not the photographer, but you're like the participant, it was a completely different realm for me to to to, to be <laughs> to be cameraless in the presence of President Obama.
0: One of the best cuts in that movie is the he it's Pete talking with Obama and Michelle Obama, and he's kind of razzing like, hey, when are you gonna <laughs> when are you gonna do it right? But then you cut to the you cut to this. Clip and I'm maybe I'm making this up a little bit, but I feel like it's the next clip. And Obama has like it's he's, he's at the wedding, he's at he's fr- in front of everybody, and he, the grin on his face I think this tells it all. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I do, we do. <laughs> that thing used to be like twice as long, and uh, the movie was already so long, <laughs> so we 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 trimmed it back. But I also love President Obama's assistant saying. President Obama pushes everybody to get married. He loves love stories. Like, when else would <laughs> you know that about <laughs> your president? Yeah. Um, but despite Pete and Patty's happiness, um, somebody else could have married them and it would have been great. And I have to pick <laughs> Obama as the president, unless we all perish.
0: I want to thank Don and Pete for chatting with me. And I want to thank you for listening. The Way I See It is now in select theaters. And if you enjoyed this interview, take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next week, take care.